What's up, guys? Welcome to a Vibe Call West Radio. Today we have a very special guest, T.A. Thomas. What's up, man? How are you today? What's up, brother? Thank you for having me, man. How you cool. doing? I'm doing great. Uh, are you kind sure. of uh, are you staying dry in this crazy, you know, torrential downpour that LA has right now? Oh yeah, man. I'm pulling out the boat in a little after we get off. You know? <laughs> I love that. No, I was just <laughs> saying, I love like kind of how like you know we were saying before, like with the candle, it just feels like you're really sending to the mood. And like you know, you were saying that you do like to write when and it's raining outside, right? Oh yeah, that's a that's a, you know that's a benefit of the rain for writers, all the creators out there. I'm pretty sure we're you know talking about all our sad love stories. <laughs> exactly. It's so, yeah, it's like very meditative and like calming, and I think that's the yeah. best space to make. And as we're talking about just like making music and creations, I want to give you a big shout out on the release of your EP caught between two worlds. I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you, man. Of course, man. Yeah. And I want to say really quick, I think there's a lot of power when an artist is able to carry a project by themselves with no features. Mm, yeah. So I wanted to I, ask, was that intentional? It was intentional because I couldn't tell these stories with any other people. I didn't need, um, I won't say I need, I didn't need help. It's just with, it's just with this project, it was so personal that it just made sense with no features. Mm -hmm. And, you yeah. know, sometimes like, you know, there's legendary albums, you know, like Forest Hill Drives, where like that um, singular perspective really yeah. captivates the view, like the like the listener, because you're, you're guiding the narrative. And like kind of what I was saying before, it seems like there is almost a linear narrative with the relationship, yeah. correct? 100%. And I think... Uh, with this project as well, would it, would it been like my first project? Uh, I really wanted people to just kind of like sit with TA voice for a moment, you know, not be distracted by any features. And also, like I said, with the narrative and, you know, the perspective I was talking from, it just kind of made sense for it to be me, you know? So definitely uh, had records that uh, <laughs> didn't make the project. There was features and stuff like that. I think in the end, everybody just kind of was on the same page with it just being me. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah. again, like congratulations, because you completely delivered on such a quality project by yourself, which is definitely to be celebrated. And as, we're, and as we're talking about your first project, I do, you know, when I was kind of doing some research on you, I know that your sister's being in band was kind of the catalyst for you to get into music. And then, you know, you were playing in church. So it seems like it's been with you since the beginning. Oh, yeah, man. From being uh, raised in church all my life, uh, my sister's about four or five years older than me. Uh, they they sung in church my whole life. So I used to be in the back watching them like, oh, I want to do this. And so, you know, one day, one of youth service Sunday in 2001, um, I don't know how I remember this. Uh, <laughs> I remember getting up singing with them. And uh, it was in that moment that I knew like, oh, man, I kind of possess something special. That's when the, the reaction from the crowd and how I just was able to just like fully tap into something, you know. Mm -hmm. And just the support of the crowd, but I also, from my understanding, your parents were very supportive of you since day one, right? Oh, 100%. I'm a preacher's kid, of course. Uh, my mom and dad uh, wasn't together while, uh, with me growing up, but uh, my mom, pastor, my dad very much so listened to all types of music. Uh, but my mom never made me feel guilty or anything for listening to, listening to R&B and the blues. So I actually got a good balance of both worlds. And, you know, they kind of supported my journey, you know, from uh, buying me instruments, you know, from doing the time that church service was over, you know, allowing me to just play around on the piano with the keyboardists and stuff like that. But, yeah, if it wasn't for them, uh, the talent would definitely not have been cultivated the way it was. 
that yeah and like i think there's something so powerful when you know the two providers and like you know kind of like they your parents help shape your identity and for them to give you that support i think is you know maybe one of the reasons why you know you're out where you're at right now i would imagine 100 uh, i feel like my parents are like the the template for co-parenting they did such an amazing job and you know uh especially with the art you know making sure that i was always remaining creative and kept me with instruments <laughs> literally and then i think it's so I, I was also seeing that like it carried you all the way when you were singing in the music halls at jackson state so it, yeah. seem, it seems like you've really been consistent with it and, and it's paying off now so yeah love to hear it thank you so much for coming on i appreciate you brother thank you for having me man course so before we dive into the full kind of bracket and interview i want to ask why did you choose full moon by brandy why is it such an important record to you uh i feel like that project for me personally is one of the vocal templates that i use as i just about pro approach any body of work that i create uh i think brandy was 23 at the time uh was so ahead of her time uh with the the cadence the melodic choices uh i feel like a lot of artists kind of use that project you know as a modern day template of you know this nostalgic r&b sound and she was a, a, a church girl uh grew up singing in church but it's just the way that her voice was she she's a singer i call it with an a she <laughs> she really sang on that project and uh, of course working with rodney rodney jerkins and LaShawn Daniels, uh, some of my favorite producers, some of the guys that really shaped R&B, uh, Michael Jackson, Rodney Jerkins, of course. Uh, yeah, that project, man, that project just keeps me in the inspirational mode anytime I'm not feeling ins inspired by anything. Love that, especially for an artist that's so powerful when like another piece of art can kind of pump those creative juices. And I don't know if you saw, but she actually performed at the Grammys like on Sunday. Yeah, with Burner Boy, that was amazing. <laughs> Dude, that was so sick with 21 Savage. I, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my, uh, my roommate saw Burner Boy at Coachella last year, and like they're obsessed with him. So yeah, um, it, it was amazing. awesome to see. Um, yeah. So really quick, I'm going to just explain um, kind of the layout of the interview for the viewers, new and old. So what I did is prior to T.A. Thomas coming on, I asked him what his favorite album was, and he told me Full Moon by Brandy. So what I did from there is I went on Spotify, seated the songs one through eight based on total number of streams, put it into a tournament bracket, and now we're going to see what song T.A. likes the most. T.A., you ready to find out your favorite song on this album? I'm ready to do it. Awesome. So let's start off with the first matchup, which is going to be Full Moon versus Like This. Which song do you think should move on? Like This. Can you break it down for me? Why do you think that song resonates with you more? Also, I love the upset. Let's go. Nah, <laughs> Like This was like... I feel like for me, it was the instrumentation of this song for me. And one thing that Rodney Jerkins was known for is like this choppy melodic sample type thing that he done. So this one for me versus messaging of the song, uh, it was it was it was more so the instrumentation like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorites off the project. <laughs> Dude, you know, it's like, I can tell you're a musician with just how passionate you were describing yeah, the instrumentation. Yeah. Dude, I love that. And sometimes, you know, I, I mean, actually most of the time, I think for listeners, like the instrumentation, just the transfer of like that energy is just as important as the lyrics. 100%, 100%. I feel like the producers tell a story through their instrumentation and the artist writer tell a story with the, uh, you know, with the lyrics to the record. Mm -hmm. And specifically like this, this record was almost like basically she was telling her partner like this is how i want you to 
touch me. This is how I want you to love me. It was a, basically an instructional song. Mm-hmm. I just felt like like this was like genius. I yeah, love that record. definitely. I think it's like good when you know females like are able to like fully just say what they want and like not beat around the bush. So. Yeah. 100% awesome. Like this, moving on. Let's go yeah. to the other side, the two verse seven, which is going to be what about us versus nothing. Uh, <laughs> once again, what, what about us? That song at the time, people was, okay, Rodney Jerkin was, of course, working with Micah Jackson and Janet Jackson. So when what about us came out, people thought it was so like uh, Janet Jackson style. Once again, to so that choppy melodic sample. What about us? Yeah. There it is. Once, yeah great explanation on that and just like again like that's what like you know i do this i say this every episode but the reason why i do something like this is because one i love to understand why artists like songs like we listen to music differently you know you Mm -hmm. you, you listen to it differently like you're in there creating and then also there's something like you it's so funny you describing the song is you know you start doing the interview and just kind of like you know you show your passion so Awesome. That we just did the first two matchups, and now I want to go to some questions really quick before we keep doing the bracket. So, I was reading that one of the biggest pieces of advice you have for new artists is to create a list of negotiable and non-negotiables as it relates to their career. I think that's amazing advice, and I want to know what are some of yours with regards to your music career. Um, first off, the reason why I said that is because I feel like so much in this industry you have to compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, compromises make sense. Some make sense, some don't. As it relates to authenticity with myself, I would never compromise, non-negotiable, just changing my sound. Mm. I'm a soul singer. Uh, I'm from the South. Church is what's so special about me, although I sing R&B music. Uh, a non-negotiable negotiable for me is like experimenting with, just like sometimes, you know, when you with these labels and you have different partners, mm-hmm. they'll make you kind of have to, you know, you need to do this. I'm like, nah, I got to stick to what's me. You know, I don't really care to do all this stuff for the algorithm. I just like to th- stick with what's authentic. And so, uh, yeah, non-negotiable for me is, yeah, like trying to change my, I'm, I, I hate that, like trying to make your sound sound like something else. That's that's a non-negotiable for me. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's, you know, you can also tell when someone's manufacturing a sound. Yeah, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I like to keep it authentic as it relates to my sound. Now, I experiment with different instrumentation, maybe a different style, but as it relates to my voice, we sticking, we sticking to the soul. That's my bag. I'm not rapping. Like, I'm not (laughs) going to me me rap on the record. No. Yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, your voice is incredible. So I would just (laughs) definitely continue with that because it's it's definitely working (laughs) and it sounds great. And then, so it's interesting when you're talking about kind of the experimenting because. You, I want to go now, you know, again, congratulations on Caught Between Two Worlds. I want to sure. go to the lead single, which is, you know, June 15th. And yeah. you, you said this quote that it sounded different than anything else in the project, which I want to commend you because Andre 3000 actually says that whenever you drop a single, it should always sound different than what the album sounds like. 100%. So, but really quick, you described it as being in a Cold War relationship. Can you just like, let me know what that specific description means to you? Uh, June 15th, uh, I said it was a cold war. It, it was almost like two lovers, almost like, imagine two lovers in a house and versus a situation, a toxic situation, pulling them apart or someone cheating. Just imagine simply like growing apart and a bunch of passive disconnections like, mm. oh, 
you like the air on 73 i like it on 70 you know what i'm saying like little stuff like that uh is is basically this song was like uh this this situation i was in uh with someone who meant so much to me we kind of just grew apart and that entire ending part of our relationship was like a cold war it's what it felt like uh, a bunch of passive disconnections until the end and we just kind of really just grew apart you know and i feel like it, it kind of speaks to the everyday struggle of just like trying to keep a relationship alive it's like the tug of war it's like the oh you know we come back in it's almost like being caught between two worlds june 15th like everything was like very like in sync with each other but yeah, yeah. that date was super special to me it's like a day that i met this individual mm -hmm. and uh yeah the cold war was kind of how everything went <laughs> dude that i got first of all that is so relatable and i think anyone that's been in a relationship you know it's sad to say but like you're only gonna have one relationship that lasts forever the other one's obvious sadly they're gonna not and like there is kind of when like the ending is happening like I've, I've had a breakup and like when the ending is happening and you guys like even when you're together like it does feel cold like it doesn't feel warm anymore so yeah it's like it's a great description yeah. really i've never even heard the cold war kind of relationships i love that <laughs> that was genius to me and then um s sticking with the singles you i read a great quote from you that you love having a woman in the studio during the creative process so you can see if your lyrics and emotions are striking a chord with her. Yeah. I want to ask, how important are conversations in the studio for your creative process? All my sessions start off with conversations. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a conversational guy. I was raised on blues music. Blues music, blues music and soul music is conversational to me. Uh, you know, subject matter. Sometimes I come in the studio knowing what I want to talk about. Or if I'm working with a writer, you know, uh, you know, I'm always sparking it off with a conversation, you know, how I'm feeling, you know, uh, you know, and I'm I'm vulnerable, I'm transparent. So I'm kicking these conversations off, you know, I'm just basically like, you know, today, you know, I really wasn't feeling myself today. You know, I kind of felt like I wanted to isolate away from the world. And, you know, from there, we take the story wherever and, you know, whatever we create in that day, we don't have to figure it out. It's like all of the verses, the pre-course, the hook, it all makes sense. It makes it so much easier. And also... It's something that's real. It's something that I'm connected to. So that when I perform, whatever this is on stage, it's personal to me. Mm. I think, again, you know, the that was a great answer. And create when you create art from like an authentic place, I think the listeners, it's easy to tell from like by the listener. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, and like that's what really connects. And you were talking about performing. So I wanted to ask, what is your favorite aspect of performing? Is it the sequencing of the songs? Is it interacting with the crowd, the crowd control? Is it, you know, the band on like, you know, what, what would you say is your favorite thing? Man, my favorite thing is really just connecting with the crowd. Uh, I've been on this thing for the last year where my performances just have been so unorthodox. Uh, it's like uh, I come in with a plan, but I'm a person that like to feel. I like to go with the flow. I love performing with live musicians. So sometimes I come in with the crowd I'm looking out, I'm feeling the energy. I'm like, what y'all want to hear? You know, and we kind of go on a journey together. And uh, I think that the answering your question again is mostly just like feeling and connecting with the crowd. These records are so vulnerable. They mean so much. And and the stories, I'm pretty sure anybody could connect with at least one song off of the project. And, you know, uh, looking out in the crowd, finding that one person just, just like, yeah, this is, this is me. I live this and connecting with them and, and just... You know, it just brings out a different part of your voice and 
you know, you do different things when you really feel it. Feel it, feel it. I'm big on feeling, man. I'm big on feeling. <laughs> Dude, you transfer the feelings too in your songs. You can't rehearse and practice this stuff. It, it's real, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so sick that you kind of go on that journey together with the crowd and you're able to respond to like what they want to hear. And like that's, you know, I think some artists are rigid and just to have that kind of flexibility is um, probably a great skill set, I would imagine. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> great, you know, great answers to all those questions and you know we're talking about your incredible album but i do want to go back and talk about another album you love which is uh, full moon so let's do two more of the matchups so now we're uh, going to be doing three versus six which is he is versus i thought oh man he is <laughs> oh man it's tough it's like your favorite kids <laughs> oh my god all right so i love he is one he, I'm gonna have to choose. He is. He is was actually. It's a love song. Like it, the chords go, Prince Charming, my angel, my angel, my queen. So they wrote the song from the perspective of talking about God, but it sounded like she was talking about a a person, and I just felt like that. And actually, my pastor actually produced and wrote the song with. Uh, what? With That's yeah. so sick. Yeah, Warren Campbell, a big producer, uh, but. Yeah, I just thought that that writing concept was, you know, analogizing God, you know, talking about God, but, you know, also it could be taken in the perspective of talking about a lover. Yeah, he is probably one of the best songs on the project, to be real with you. Love that. So we got a, we got an early contender, maybe, for going all the way. Well, that's awesome, you know, the story with your pastor. That's full circle. Um, shout yeah. out him. Awesome. Now let's go to Come a Little Closer versus When You Touch Me. Oh, when you touch, oh, <laughs> when I can touch you. Oh, then it's raining outside right now. Yeah. I'm definitely taking when you touch. There it is. Break it down. Why do you love that song so much? It's one of the slower songs on the project. Vocally, I felt like Brandy was, ooh. Keep, keep in mind, she's 23. Yeah. The, 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 her vocal choices on the verses and the pre and the hook of this of this song, specifically when you touch, was like butter. Love that. She, she sounded like Brandy. There it is. I mean, like you. I love how you keep bringing up her age because, like, it's so to be a to be so in touch with just vocally who you are, conceptually who you are at such a young age. Like, it's, yeah, twenty three is crazy. <laughs> it's insane. crazy. And you think about yeah. like Nas with Illmatic at like sixteen, seventeen. You're just like, what the? That's crazy. Oh, and it just became. <laughs> I think this year was the twentieth year anniversary of Full Moon. Hell yeah! So that's that's insane to me to think that. Right, right now to this day people are still using that project as reference to make new songs like martin it, it, she was so ahead of her time once Ooh, again i love that i love they're giving her her flowers she deserves it yeah um, awesome so now before we do semi-finals let's go back to another great <laughs> artist which is ta um yeah. so i know you found early success by posting to musically which has now evolved into tiktok which yeah. which era of the app do you think was better for promoting music Oh, I definitely say this era right now because the technology has just gotten so much better. And uh, with all the features, being able to directly connect with your fans through the platform, uh, TikTok have became like the mecca for artists uh, to directly connect with fans. So, but I love musically, uh, you know, with the gifts and everything, I can tell that. And we was actually, because I was in a group next town down. Mm -hmm. And we was actually a part of the app when it was 
and transition to become TikTok. So a lot of those new features that they have on the platform was actually being introduced and in musically in its last stage. So, but yeah, definitely TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's like the nature of the beast. And like, I agree. There's some artists that I like aren't like super, you know, hands on with TikTok. And like, I think sometimes you just have to follow whatever the, you know, market or game is telling you. And like right oh, now, that's it. where you go. You got to You got to play the game, man. Totally. And like, what do you? What are your thoughts on you know UMG taking down other artists? Uh, I'm with folks being paid for their work. So if TikTok yeah. isn't properly compensating. I love TikTok, and I know a lot of the people over there. But you gotta it, the uh, the artists, writers, producers, and UMG, the people that's a, that are licensing this work, they gotta be properly compensated. So whatever that money situation is, I hope they figure it out because having the songs on the platform is also a big help to artists. But once again, I know that finances, that stuff got to be figured out. Yeah. And I think also like one is going to help independent artists, truthfully, 100%, 100%. open up the floodgates. So that's definitely like a bonus, but you know, truthfully, TikTok is built on music. So like not having, like, do you yeah, know who, do you know, is crazy. It's crazy. Do you know who like Drew Walls is? Probably another week. Yeah. I mean, do you know who Drew Walls is? Drew Walls. He's Drew like Walls. he's the guy that does the Target videos. Have you ever seen the guy that like goes into Target and fills himself? I have, I have, I have, I have. Everyone's laughing. They're like, so he can't use Virginia Beach by Drake anymore. <laughs> so he started singing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but he needs he needs to figure it out. Like people, like creators, like that. Like I don't, TikTok needs to figure it out. There's no way that this stays, in my opinion. Oh no, no, no. I, they're, they're definitely going to figure this situation out. Like uh, what TikTok was also breaking records too. Literally. So, yeah. I also saw like, you know, it's crazy to me that like someone like JID and like they can yeah. get like the number one song on there with um surround sound, which is like like that's like such a win for the genre of hip hop that like um a really incredible song that's like structurally and lyrically very dense is great. So mm -hmm. I, I hope they figure it out truthfully. And then I know that connecting with your fans is a very big aspect of, you know, what you love to do with your career. So you're saying that like you do it mostly on TikTok? Uh Instagram would have to be my biggest platform. Mm -hmm. I just feel like TikTok and YouTube have a lot of features that make it more, uh, they have a lot of more features where you could just like, you know, have exclusive fan clubs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and Instagram, all of these platforms are really emerging to allow creators to directly connect with their fans. But uh, I would say TikTok is in the lead right now. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think just like the nature of it, where like you post something and you just have the chance to be seen by a new audience. 100%. And like Instagram YouTube shorts too. What'd you say? YouTube shorts. Yeah, I know those two actually like simultaneously. They're great with that. And like I think TikTok yeah. is, I mean, um, excuse me, Instagram is struggling because the, now there's so much content that like people don't want to just see content from people they follow. They right. want to constantly be fed something that's, you know, interesting. So, you know, I, I love that you're engaging with your fans. And that's like to me, the most important thing of like, you know, all it takes is a thousand real fans to like have a career <laughs> that you, when you're like, with like bread on the table and like having a house. So 100%. I think this one's gonna be fun. So I know your favorite artist of all time is Donny Hathaway, correct? Yeah. So one, I, I, I beef with that question all the time. <laughs> I favorites, but Donny Hathaway is one of my favorite artists of all time. Yes. Okay. So thank you for the clarification. If you could have a remix cover or feature any of the songs on Between Two Worlds, what would it be? Say that, ask that last question. Yeah, one sorry time. about that. If you could have a remix cover or feature on any of the songs on Between Two Worlds, what would it be? I think it would have to be, that's a good question. I think it would have to be Where You Belong. Ooh. Such, such a mystic, 
uh, melodic, stripped down production record. And I felt like with Donny Hathaway, his stuff wasn't overproduced. Uh, it was very much so him in the piano. And I felt like a lot of songs on my project, uh, specifically Where You Belong, started off with just one instrument. So mm. it kind of makes sense. Mm. Okay. Amazing with that. I want, I'm definitely going to check that out and imagine Donnie on that. Yeah. And now I want to kind of now I want to go down the thread. So would you rather have Donnie on okay. the album or sell out Madison Square Garden? Uh, uh, give me Donnie. Yeah. Oh, really? I love yeah, that. Me. It says, cause I know yeah, Madison Square Garden is the uh, place you'd want to sell out, right? Yeah, definitely want to sell it out. But Donnie Hathaway, uh, that's like a once in a lifetime type. You know, just just one of the greats. But person, if it probably wasn't for Dunny, I wouldn't be selling out uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, I love that. I love. It seems to me like you really have an appreciation <laughs> for just you know, kind of like the people that have like taught you through music, which is like you know, Brandy, Donny, like, and then so many other artists that I know that you love. Like, it does seem like you're a real student of the genre. Oh man, that's what it's all about. I feel like uh, I'm able to create this stuff from the stuff that's been created before me and it inspires me and uh you know i'm able to kind of find myself in all of the stuff i like mm, exactly the, especially when you're like first starting to make music i feel like you know you, you don't really know what you're doing so you kind of chameleon to the people that you love and then you take pieces that make sense in this puzzle that yeah. eventually forms you and staying you know we we're talking about past artists are there any current artists that you one inspire you too would like love to collab with i know that's a generic question i'm just interested though yeah of course man no i, I love her uh she's uh, fire yeah her is amazing and actually you know my friend camper who produced my project mm -hmm. produced most of her stuff focus and most of her biggest records uh also usher you know uh chris brown uh i worked with chris brown last year got nominated for a grammy writing a record with him yeah congrats on that yeah, um, who else? Uh, Samara Joy, the young lady that sings jazz. She's freaking amazing. Mm. Uh, Chris Stapleton, Teddy Swims, man. I can go on. John Baptiste. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Those, those are all just like, you know, there's those are all real artists that you're naming. Like that like that yeah. the craft comes first. So there's consistency yeah. on that. And now it is kind of like a fun question. So is it true that you have a big fascination with like drag racing? I do. My dad is a drag racer. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, he said you would um he'd would take you to some races, right? Yeah. So basically, my whole childhood was caught between being in church and going to the drag strip. <laughs> what a what a um you know contrast. Crazy dynamic, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, Lord, please keep us that nobody die on this track. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, my my dad whole whole side of the family over there, all my uncles, they all are professionally drag racing my whole life. What? That's so sick. Yeah. That's like a high level skill that not everyone has. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, that's fucking interesting. Um, yeah. Would you like, are you someone that like, obviously like not just like, uh, like casually, but like, would you be interested in like driving a car really fast, on like a racetrack? Is that something that interests uh, you or no? Yeah. I feel like what it did or well, first safety is very important. And my dad is an over preacher of car safety. Nice. Uh, and I started driving at a very young age too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it gave me a fascination for fast cars, of course. And, uh, more so than just fast cars, I'm really just into the engines and like, I probably know more than, I, than I should about cars. I like, I'm like kind of deep in it. It's a good, I feel like, you know, everyone needs to have like, you know, like a interest or a hobby. 
It's like something yeah. that's like, like that's a positive one. It's better than like gambling or something. That's awesome in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then I want to also, before we go back to the board, I want to touch on, it, it's really always so powerful to me when like you hear the story of someone moving from that someone place that's not LA to come here and like pursue that dream. So one, I would imagine, you know, shout out your entire family. They seem like they raised you really great. Do you miss yeah. just being like being in the South? And also what was like the first kind of like, what were like the first, what was the first month in LA like? The first month in LA, I, man, I was swooned, uh, you know, coming from a place where it's only flatland, coming to seeing mountains and uh, seeing the beach. And, you know, uh, I know it's like a lot of smog here, but you know, the <laughs> air was different, yeah. you know, uh, and just being in a different terrain and area atmosphere for my creative side, I knew it was necessary. And uh, of course, I knew I was going to miss my family and stuff, but L.A. is beautiful and it just make it just that first month here was crazy. It put me in a, a crazy creative space. Yeah, I mean, like it's probably just like injecting you with um, creativity and inspiration, like just like being in a new environment. You're just surrounded by yeah. what new people, new you know things, new energies. So that's awesome, man. And like I want to commend you. That's a big move. And, you know, great on you for having that courage. And I'm happy it's working out. Yes, sir. Of course. So now, guys, before we continue with the interview, I want to go back just to full moon so we can figure out how the semifinals are going to go. So first, this might get a little bit harder. It's going to be like this versus mm -hmm. when you touch me. Like this versus when you touch me <laughs> is insane. I know, oh, dude. It's going to get harder. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with when you touch me. The and once again, we're going back to that vocal performance. I'm a killer for slow records. So like this was a little bit mid-tempo. Vocal performance, excellent. But when you touch me, specific to me, I like slower songs. And her vocal performance for me was the best just about on this record. Let's go. That was a great, great breakdown. That makes a ton of sense. Especially because, you know, it's your list. So, like, I love that. You're saying, yeah. for me, I like the slower songs. So great yeah. job on that. When you touch me, into the finals. Now, what about us versus he is? Uh, he is. Oh, that was so that was an easy one. Yeah, that that was that, yeah. Uh, once again, going back to the slow records, uh, and also the messaging of this record and how it was wrote. One of my favorite songwriters, God bless his heart, he's in heaven now. Lashawn Daniels. R.I.P. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, great answer again. I knew he is is gonna be a strong contender based off of your first yeah. description of it. So, guys, now yeah. we have the finals, which is when you touch me versus he is. But before <laughs> then want to do kind of just like a fun little exercise which is kind of want you to you know talk about some tweets that okay. i just found on your account uh, and there i love this part because the thing about twitter is like it's just like a stream of consciousness and it's really <laughs> it's authentic you know what i mean yeah somebody called twitter like the the, the uh the school hallway it's like being in the locker room <laughs> so true dude you're just like literally like just people because you think of something and you're like you just start typing and you just like right, send it right, out right, right, right. There's, there's no filter so for the first one I really love this one. LA is the million dollar ghetto on my model. What is yeah. so like, what can you explain what that means to you? Man, post pandemic, I felt like, I feel like it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of wealthy people here in Los Angeles, but you look around, man, the city is like a little dirty. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the crime. I'm just like, you can be one street over from like a $10 million home and just go the street across and you just like, in the slums uh, 
So yeah, I just called. I'm just like, you know what? This is the million dollar ghetto. That's what it is, dude. <laughs> it's. I mean, I live in Venice, so I know better than anyone. It's. I'm not even. Yeah. It's like, dude. It's you see like fucking like strand houses, and then you see just full like tent encampments, and it's just you know it's wild. I feel bad for them right now with the rain. So I hope they're well, doing I'm well because that's gnarly. All right, yeah. so actually after our conversations now, I think I do know what this one is about. So just came here to say pay the artists and the writers. Is that about TikTok? Yeah. Um, or just in general? Directly toward TikTok, it's just like uh, you guys are no strangers to the splits as it relates to Spotify, Apple Music, and these streaming platforms. And, you know, uh, I, felt, I felt like uh, writers and producers are some of the most underpaid in the industry. But if it wasn't for them you know, this stuff that we like, we wouldn't, wouldn't have it, you know? And I'm just like, you know, properly compensate writers and singers so that we can have good records, you know what I'm saying? So that they can make a living, you know? And I just felt like, I feel like right now is probably, we're probably at our peak for singers, or I mean, for artists in general, writers being underpaid. Yeah, I think like streaming is really like messed up the splits and like it's, cause Also the music industry have no union. We yeah. don't have like SAG after there's no union for writers and producers. So it's like during the moment, you don't have any kind of insurance or anything like that. So it's like during the moments where you're not writing and you don't have songs and records out, you're kind of just like depending on regular a regular job to like help you make it. Yeah. And that dilutes the focus. Exactly. I agree, man. Like seriously, I just like don't, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, but maybe because the streaming, like the numbers are so low right now like there's just there needs i wish there was more money because i know so much is generated on tour and through merch yeah. but i agree it needs to definitely be fixed and hopefully we're on that yeah. way um so great answer and then for the next one i love this one man seeing people vibe out to my real life situation is crazy if putting in the music was a person it'd be me yeah uh that too was basically like sometime when i'm on stage like i just recently went to london and i had a sold out show over there and just Dude, congrats you know, that's sick and you know sometimes when i just sit and i think i'm like damn these songs are like my journal it's like if i got my journal and i open it and the people learned it like the emancipation proximity like it's just like if somebody learned it yeah and i'm like these are like this is like shit that really happened to me you know what i'm saying like this is like my so i'm always just like thrown off my feet that people are like actually jamming and finding their own personal story within my story mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's so funny i read this thing i read this quote where it was like the irony is the more specific you are in your songs <laughs> the more relatable it is but you would think it's the opposite you think that if i just like am general with it everyone understand but like no like if you really get dis descriptive and specific about your situation it's actually the most relatable 100%. No, 100%. congrats on the, that show in london that's fucking sick Appreciate it, man. Um, and then finally, I wish Everyday could feel like '90s R&B. Man, <laughs> just the '90s nostalgia. Come on, man. The '90s nostalgia was just like it. And I feel like right now in this current moment, artists are pulling a lot of inspiration from the '90s. I mean, look at this project that we're talking about, Brandy Full Moon. I naturally chose that. It wasn't even a question when my manager asked me. She was like, "I need an album." I'm like, and she was like, "Oh, I already know Full Moon." I'm like, "Yeah, you got it." <laughs> Good manager. Like, yeah, she already knew. She sent this. She was like, yeah, I already knew what album he's going to choose. But uh, saying that, I feel like right now in this moment, artists are pulling a lot of inspiration from videos. Even look at the picture aesthetic now with the filters that's on IG. 
a lot of people just that nineties nostalgia was next to none. So true. I've I've been noticing that like the yeah. it's so funny, like almost like the camcorder quality video is like popping. Yeah, it's like grit. popping right now. People love yeah. it. It's the, you know, we don't care for 4K. We don't want the super clear stuff. We want the stuff that got like carrots on it. Yeah, hundred percent. And then, um, what besides Full Moon, Brandy? Like when when I say the word like '90s R&B, like what other album comes in your mind? Uh, '90s R&B, um, uh, Usher '8701, uh, or or Usher Confessions. Uh, and not even just R&B. I think about Nelly, Country Grammar. Hmm. Uh, yeah, just what else? Um, Tank, uh, Sex, Love, and Pain. Just hmm. man, that that moment in R&B was just like so raw. Yeah, you know, it wasn't all the technology in the studio to make yourself sound good. You know, hmm. those guys was really just provoking the emotion. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think sometimes when you clean up, when you clean it up. Some of the emotions. Too good. It's, it lose the character. Agree. Totally. And then so. So I was going to ask, you named a bunch of Usher records. Are you excited for his performance at the Super Bowl? I am. What do I you think? What do you think is going to be his first song? Uh, like, what would you do if you were him to open up the set? I was Usher. I will open this. Stuff, I will open it up with, uh, uh, you don't got a car. <laughs> Um, it's okay, girl. Yeah, yeah. Free from well, Michael Cox. Yeah, I'll open it up with that. I love that. All of Usher, so Usher can do no wrong. Dude, I think he's going to absolutely kill it. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, and it's like a really big Super Bowl, too. So, Chiefs Niners, though. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then, great job on that. Killed those answers. But now, it? it's what we've all been waiting for. It's the final. Guys. Ah, it's going to be When You Touch Me versus He Is. TA, what's it going to be? It's the only explanation <laughs> to the question that he is. There it is. Boom. He is. Love he that. Is. Well, the record for me. So is it just between those two records, what, because they're both slow, which you love. Is it yeah. the lyrics or the instrumentation or what is it about he is that put it over when you touch me? I feel like he is just stamps both areas, the vocal performance yeah. and the lyrical uh, content. You know, I tell you, I like slow songs, but I feel like this is like a slower record, but a little bit mid-tempo. I feel like it just taps all the areas of what I like. And once again, I love God, and just the messaging of that was just so genius to me, mm. writing a love letter to God. Seriously. So, like, it's, it's vivid, and, like, you can everyone can kind of yeah. relate to that. So, amazing yeah. job, man. T.A., thank you so much. So, before we end, is there anything you would love to plug, announce, you know, you, you finish the bracket, so the floor is yours for whatever you want. Oh, man, uh, really not too much right now. We still just in the moment of just like promoting Caught Between Two Worlds. You know, if you haven't heard it, you know, go on YouTube, uh, see the videos. It's on all platforms right now. And yeah, just expect a lot of dope stuff within the next couple of months. Maybe a new single coming soon. Ooh, um, can you, where could everyone find you? What are your tag? What, like, what's your handles? Uh, my handle on just about every platform is at T.A. Thomas. Perfect. And then, yeah, guys, like for everyone listening, it's an incredible album that's super dense. Again, it's just him. So you have this focus that is littered throughout the album. There's a linear progression. Highly, highly recommend it. He has a beautiful, he has a beautiful you, voice, man. You seem like an amazing guy. So I'm really rooting for you and can't wait to. I appreciate you, my brother. Of course, man. Um, I come back anytime, man. Yeah, definitely. When For the next project, just please let me know. I'd love to have you back on. For sure. Awesome, All guys. Right. So, um, incredible episode of a vibe called west please listen to cop between two worlds by ta thomas 
And I will be seeing you guys on the next episode. Five Call West episode done.